The following podcast has been paid for by the Drew World Order. Yo, hey, you're listening to the Drew World Order of Wrestling Podcasts. We have a a pretty short show for you this week. Um, A decent amount to talk about. We had Survivor Series, a a pay-per-view. Of course, we got a review, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW Dynamite. Um, But uh, what I wanted to start out with, and usually I don't do a longer intro, but I wanted to talk about The Undertaker um, because I think that's only appropriate... Uh, actually, truth be told, this is the second time I'm doing this introduction because I just did a very short one and then I realized like throughout the podcast, I didn't really talk much about The Undertaker. I mean, I, I mentioned his segment at Survivor Series, but uh, talk about his, uh, just his character uh, in total, um, to, you know, I, I think uh, it's appropriate. So, you know, The Undertaker... I don't even know if I can describe what The Undertaker really means to me as a wrestling fan. Um, I don't want to speak for other wrestling fans, but I think Undertaker is probably the most respected wrestler, at least in my lifetime. Um, I don't know anybody who uh, talks like bad about The Undertaker, who says they don't like The Undertaker. I think... Pretty much everybody likes The Undertaker. Actually, um, I I went to SummerSlam, what was it, in 2015? Uh, the first one in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. I went to that SummerSlam because of The Undertaker. Um, when I found out The Undertaker was going to be on that show um, and he was going to face Brock Lesnar, I got tickets and I said, I have to go because I've never seen The Undertaker. I want to experience his entrance, and, I, you know, I, I want to have that Undertaker experience. Now, I was hoping to have that experience at WrestleMania last year uh, at MetLife Stadium, and I'm a little upset there. I, it was the first WrestleMania he wasn't on in a long time and didn't make an appearance, and that was kind of a bummer because now I'm per- never going to get to see The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Um, but that Survivor Series, not Survivor Series, that SummerSlam... He was the main reason that I, I wanted to go to that uh, SummerSlam. And then for the next four years after that, I went to those SummerSlams. And they were the highlights of my summer. Uh, highlights of my year, really. Um, you know, being a wrestling fan, that's what I love to do. Because I went and saw the NXT show. I went to the Raw. And I went to the SmackDowns. Because um, uh, I had the time off. And... Um, Luckily, you know, my uh, uh, profession allowed me to do that. Um, so it really all started. Those those memories and uh, moments for those SummerSlams wouldn't have happened without The Undertaker. Um, I mean, there, there was other stuff that I wanted to see, but I really just wanted to see The Undertaker because I knew I probably am not going to get to see The Undertaker very often. Um He's winding down. He doesn't have a lot of matches anymore. 
I think this was, uh, yeah, this was after he had come back at uh, WrestleMania 31. So, you know, it was after the Brock loss, uh, ending the streak at WrestleMania 30, and then uh, he beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, and then this was his next match. It was at uh, SummerSlam. He interrupted he interrupted some match. I think it was in the, at the July pay-per-view, whatever that was. And they built this story to SummerSlam, and I was like, I gotta go see The Undertaker. Like, I, that's just... Uh, so I can at least say I've seen The Undertaker. Because um, I've seen pretty much everybody else. I've seen... Hogan live at uh, WrestleMania. He was there. I've seen Stone Cold live. I when um, in like two thousand three, I think it was. I went for my birthday at the local arena. That <laughs> that's when Raw actually came live to uh, the arena and did TV from there. I think now they're way too big time. Like the Titantron's is like too big and the staging's too big. Back then they actually did that every once in a while, which was nice. Like. Uh, because I didn't have to travel anywhere. The for Survivors or for SummerSlam and Royal Rumble and WrestleManias that I've been to, I've had to travel three plus hours. Um, so that was cool. Uh, yeah, I've seen you know Stone Cold, The Rock. Um, have I? Yes, I saw The Rock in Philadelphia. I saw The Rock at Royal Rumble. Uh, the one that Roman Reigns won. Um, <laughs> where Roman got booed out of the building. Uh, seen Cena obviously a bunch of times. Uh, Kurt Angle, you know, I pretty Triple H, I pretty much Ric Flair. I've seen all the people that I wanted to see, um, and I've seen The Undertaker. I mean, what else more can I ask for? Um, Undertaker, you know, I think it's tough for us wrestling fans because. I think it's always something like, I always want more out of The Undertaker. If it's like, oh, it's just one more match, and especially with the Boneyard match, it came out so great that, you know, he could do these matches. They could bring back any legend. They can bring back anybody and do these cinematic matches for whatever, you know, whatever reason. And these guys aren't taken uh big lumps but apparently uh undertaker he did say in the the austin podcast that uh i'll mention uh later on in this podcast that he uh the the one more round with steve austin uh broken skull sessions he said that this match this boneyard match he was hurt for like a few weeks uh after the match which um is more than a just a typical match because of the way it's laid out and uh you know in a regular wrestling match it's 20 30 minutes and this where it's a cinematic production it's you know hours it's uh, you know they do a take of something and then they you know until they get it and then they move on to something else and this is uh this is uh this is wrestling so it's taken uh beating you know not taking as many uh, falls or bumps or anything like that, but when he, he did, he's fallen on the bare ground. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I guess that was a factor in everything. Um, Undertaker's awesome. I don't, I don't even know. Like, I'm at a loss for words. I'm, I think I'm still kind of like, you know, he walked away, but it's like, you know, is this really it? Because this is wrestling. You never know. And wrestling... Anything can happen in wrestling. <laughs> he could be having a match at WrestleMania, which I hope he does. Um, but 
you know, for now, it looks like he's done. And uh, it's a, a little sad. I mean, I'm sad for me as a wrestling fan. I'm happy for him that uh, he can go off and um, be done and be satisfied with, with what he did. I mean, really, what else does he need to prove or show he's done it all man he's he's the uh, a legend he's you know he should be going into the hall of fame next year if he's not doing anything at wrestlemania you know so um yeah it's the undertaker's incredible um, i mean lord of darkness uh ministry undertaker's my favorite undertaker i was you know, you look back in nostalgia to your childhood years, like when you first started watching wrestling, or your first like memories of wrestling, like those are usually the things that you like hold in the most fond, fondest of memories. For me, that's the Attitude Era. So like, it's tough for anything in wrestling to be as good as the Attitude Era. For me, a lot of people say the Attitude Era was the best time in wrestling. And on top of that, I it was my childhood watching time period. So, like, I have even more of that, like, nostalgia connection to it. Um, so that Ministry of Darkness Undertaker was awesome. I don't remember too much of uh, Grey Gloves, Purple Gloves Undertaker. American Badass Undertaker, I didn't like at all. I thought it was, like, too far away from his Dead Man character. Be I think it's because I liked the Lord of Darkness so much. Finally, when he ba went back at WrestleMania 20, I'll never forget that that feeling. I was watching with my brother um, and just hearing Paul Bearer and seeing Paul come out for that match with Kane and the return to the dead man character was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know uh, what else more I can say to this. I'm sure I'm going to continue to babble about it, but... Um, you know what? No, I, I, I'm done. Uh, the The Undertaker's awesome. Uh, I almost talked about him for ten minutes here. Uh, I know this intro is a little bit longer than usual, but uh, I just wanted to talk about the Undertaker a little bit and uh, just uh, whatever he does. I hope uh, he's uh, happy with it. And uh, uh, selfishly, I hope there's something left for us with The Undertaker, but if there's not, he had a hell of a career, and thank you, Undertaker. Let's move on to the Drews and Notes segment. I'm afraid I've got some bad news! Survivor Series was this past weekend. The uh, best of the best, the battle of the brands to see which brand is the best in WWE, except for NXT wasn't there. So, I mean, it doesn't really make any sense whatsoever. Here's my thing about Survivor Series before I get into the actual show. It doesn't mean anything. There's no ramifications for the show that wins the the uh, Survivor Series, the Battle of the Brands, they didn't even keep track this year. Um, I believe it was like half halfway. Uh, it was half and half, th like three to three or whatever. Four, I guess technically four to three with the Battle Royal, but um, 
there were, uh, what, one, two, three, four, wait, no, one, two, three, four, five, six matches, and they, I think they just split. Three went to SmackDown, three went to Raw. You know, there's no, it doesn't mean anything. It's kind of just like a bump in the road. It interrupts stories on each show, and, uh, it's sad, because it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't have the same luster that it did, uh, when it, uh, you know, not even, I'd say maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it was, you know, still kind of about the same format. Really not good. They really screwed up the Survivor Series format. Used to be really, really good in the 90s, but um, it's just really, it doesn't mean anything now. And uh, it's supposed to be one of the big four, but it's kind of a very forgettable uh, pay-per-view. I did like this year that the networks are, were on the back of the show shirts. So on the Raw, the Red Raw shirts, that said USA. And on the back of the Blue SmackDown shirts, it said uh, Fox. Um, notable thing that happened on the pre-show was the Gooker won the 24-7 title from uh, R-Truth. Now, I think it was Gulak in the uh, costume. It sounded like Gulak. But this was funny, a nice little throwback to... Um, you know, Survivor Series 1990, something fun, something entertaining. Um, but the main match that was on the uh, pre-show was the Battle Royal. Nothing spectacular to talk about here. It's typical Battle Royal. A couple of good spots in it. Um, I liked Miz winning in the typical uh, bad guy way where he didn't get eliminated. Um... And then he came back and threw Dominic Mysterio over the top rope to win the match. Fine with that. Um, once Miz won that, I knew that Miz was not going to cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase later. Typically, WWE doesn't do stuff like that. Like, if he had lost, maybe he probably would have won later on. He might have cashed in and won. But since he won, I was like, oh, well, we're not going to see uh, cash in tonight. And I've been waiting for the cash in, hoping it. Comes eventually. I mean, it's it's going to have to happen. It's He's going to cash in on Drew eventually because I think they're going with... Uh, um, well, well, I'll talk about that later because <laughs> that'll come up in, later on in this segment anyway. Um, the, very first sh- uh, the very first match of the show was the men's Survivor Series match. Um, it was... Uh, I enjoyed uh, Keith Lee... Um, his new music, uh, apparently he wrote all of it, and uh, it's a lot better than what they were giving him, so <laughs> uh, it's definitely more Keith Lee. I really, really liked uh, Seth Rollins sacrificing himself. I think this was the, uh, well, not the best, but it was my favorite part of the whole match. Seth played it perfectly, tags in, and then gets on his knees and he says this is for the greater good and he sacrifices himself and he says do your part to Sheamus and Sheamus bro kicks him and eliminates Seth I really like that that's you know (laughs) really good bad guy tactics Seth I think was the only bad guy on the team oh no Corbin was on the Smackdown team too um oh so was Jay never mind so disregard that but Seth just totally not being a team player uh is perfect for his character the Raw sweep made a lot of sense. You know, they could not get along until the pay-per-view happened. And then now um, it just ends up being that, uh, uh, you know, they they put it together for the pay-per-view. 
and win the whole thing. This is pretty typical WWE writing. The next match was the tag team titles match, Street Profits versus The New Day. This was a solid match. I'm glad the Street Profits won. I believe I said on the last podcast they needed it more. New Day, you know, are going to be fine no matter what. Um, Street Profits, this takes them to another level, um, beating the one of the best uh, groups, uh, tag teams, whatever you want to call the New Day in WWE history. Um, so now they can use this momentum. The Street Profits can use this momentum and uh, continue building towards the future. Intercontinental title versus the U.S. title. This was a pretty obvious outcome to me as well. Lashley winning was, you know, uh, you could see coming uh, from a a mile away. It was a fun match, though, because Sammy was trying to get DQ'd, and he just couldn't, and eventually... It it was a pretty short match. I think it was the shortest match out of the whole pay-per-view, and uh, Lashley put him in the full Nelson, and... Sammy quickly tapped. Sammy's not hurt by it. He's a smarmy bad guy. Lashley helps him in the hurt business uh, look even more credible. The women's title match was next. Sasha winning by roll-up was a little surprising. I figured she would win. Uh, She needed the win more. The match was not as good as uh, some of their other ones earlier in this year. Uh, One of them was really, really great. I think... One of them on one of the pay-per-views was really, really good. Uh, and they had, I think, another one on Raw and another one before that on a pay-per-view f- before. I don't know. But one of them was really, really great. Um, this one was just fine. Asuka not really hurt by the loss. She wasn't really doing anything anyway, storyline-wise. Sasha, they're definitely building up Sasha to be something big by WrestleMania so that whoever she faces, hopefully it's Bailey that uh, that's a big-time match, and I think it will be. Um, she's in The Mandalorian, so she's going to continue to um, uh, uh, prog- progress uh, and uh, prosper um, for quite a while here. Um, there were a couple of uh, promo segments and uh, interviews uh, in between matches. I didn't really make note of any of those, but I did make note of Tozawa winning the 24-7 title from the gobbledygooker and then R-Truth winning it back. The title always ends up getting back to R-Truth. He's hilarious with it, and uh, it's it's a perfect title for him. He's he's so good. The Women's Survivor Series match was next. Peyton Royce went back to her purple hair. She wore this purple hair in NXT. That was my favorite version of Peyton Royce to be perfectly honest, was Purple Hair, Peyton Royce. Um, it was a clever way to make Lana the sole survivor. Now, it was kind of a uh, lousy finish. Um, I'm sure some people would say it was a lousy finish, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought Bianca and Nia getting counted out was really, really perfect for Lana's character. Lana tagged in and then was tagged out very quickly and then told to stand on the steps she did. Uh, she didn't do anything for the match uh, and ends up winning the match for Raw. So she's not supposed to be this credible contender. That's her character. She uh, This builds on that uh, character that she, you know, is worthless and can't really do anything, but she <laughs> won the match for the team, technically. Uh, really good writing there. Um, and then we had... 
the world title match. Speaking of good writing, and who knows how much writing this had to do, but this was definitely the match of the night. It was a, a, a great match. Um, this, you can see, is how main eventers do it. This is how a main event should go. These uh, two, Roman and Drew, just are great. They told a great story. Uh, great false finishes. There were multiple times that I thought it was over. Great way for the bad guy to win with Roman uh, doing a nut shot to uh, um, to Drew with the ref being knocked out and uh, Jey Uso super kicking Drew and then Roman spearing Drew and pinning him. Really well done all around. And this is definitely the WrestleMania main event. If it's not Rock versus Roman, this is the main event that that WWE needs to be building for. And really, uh, it's not the biggest box office. It's not as big as box office as Roman and uh, The Rock. But it's a lot more uh, fruitful for WWE because these are two full-time guys who are going to be there. The Rock, he's great. He's going to bring mainstream eyes, but he's not full-time competitor. Um... And Roman being The Rock would be cool. Uh, but Roman versus Drew, they can both progress on their show after WrestleMania. So I hope this is the WrestleMania main event. And th if this was any indication, uh, and this is a little tease of what they did, I, I can't wait. Can't wait for that. Then we had The Undertaker farewell. Uh, I was surprised there was no Kid Rock or Fred Durst. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That, although that would have been interesting to represent the uh, American badass phase of the Undertaker character. Um, Vince McMahon coming out uh, and saying WWF was really surprising. That's I, I made note of it. Like To me, that was the second most surprising thing about this whole segment. That usually that's a no-no uh, phrase, very taboo. They're not supposed to say it, but, you know, who's going to tell Vince not to say it because Vince is the boss, so there's nobody else above him to ream him out. Um, the Taker's farewell was fine, um, saying he's laying the Undertaker to rest. Uh, the Paul Bear hologram was really cool. I was definitely a little disappointed. I was expecting something different. Uh, you know, I get 30 years of Undertaker, but... With no crowd being there, I just think that Undertaker deserves his farewell to be in front of a crowd. Um, and for him to just do it in the Thunderdome wasn't great, and there was no extra story. You know, I mean, that's partly my fault. I got my hopes up thinking it might be The Fiend or AJ Styles or, you know, seeing one more match just to end it right. But it's The Undertaker's call, and if The Undertaker is satisfied that he's done, then he's he's done. And I watched the Stone Cold Steve Austin Undertaker uh, podcast, the second one, and he basically said, you know, he's happy with where he's at, he's done, and, you know, never say never. If the boss calls and needs him, he'll be there, but for now in his mind, he's okay with being done. And uh, I'm okay with be this segment being done. Uh, so let's talk about the overall rating of this pay-per-view here. I, I thought it was fine pay-per-view. Um, it, it was, uh, um, 
just kind of a throwaway pay-per-view. They had one really great match. The main event with the world title match, uh, the world title match, um, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, incredible match. The Undertaker segment was pretty anticlimactic. I just kept waiting for something to happen, and he just went into the back and nothing happened, and uh, I was like, oh, all right, well, that's it. Uh, And uh, that is it for this segment. Let's move on to the Drew count. Has he got the fingers locked? No, he got out. I can't believe it. Nobody's ever kicked out of that. Starting with AEW Dynamite. You know, last week I was excited about the Will Hobbs turn. Thought it was really good for his character. This week he comes out with a stupid nickname and a stupid sneer look on his face. I don't know who told him to do that sneer. It just looks really, really cringy. Like, not not good at all. Um, I guess, I mean, that's the point. Like, I'm supposed to not like him, so... Uh, I mean, good job in that sense. But, like, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't a bad way. Like, this isn't, like... Well, I guess it is. Like, he's getting me to not like him. Uh, the powerhouse thing... Really dumb nickname. Like, we can see he's huge. We know he's a powerhouse. You don't have to say powerhouse Hobbs. Um, and just the look on his face. Like, I don't know. It looked like he was, like, sniffing something bad. Or, like, he smelled the... I don't even know. Like, he smelled a skunk or something. And he had the look on his face when he came out. And then after the match, he was doing that face when Taz was talking. Like, dude. Get that stupid look off of your face and just look like an angry monster and destroy people. That's what, <laughs> that's what you need to do. You don't need to look like an idiot. Um, overall, the show was a bit boring. Um, I had very little interest in some of the matches, especially that TH2 top flight match. Like These guys aren't really established, any of them. I don't watch Dark anymore because those are just pretty much all enhancement matches. So, like, no investment in these guys. There was no, really, promo or anything about them. They just went out, had a flippy, floppy match, and whatever. Um, And at the end of the show, there were definitely too many people involved in that last segment. There were the Lucha Brothers, Pac, Butcher, Blade, Eddie Kingston, Lance Hoyt, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, the Bunny was there. Just too much going on. And this is a big thing that AEW does that I've had an issue with and they do it a lot in this final segment like they just bring out like a third of their roster and just is like everybody is fighting each other and it's too much for me it really is and uh speaking of too much I thought Raw had too many filler interviews there was like four in the matter of 20 minutes uh I think in the first hour Lana was interviewed and then there was the three Adam Pierce interviews where he where he kept uh, getting getting interrupted. I, I thought it was a pretty boring show overall, actually. Really nothing exciting at all happened. There was no Miz, no Retribution. There was no Drew McIntyre. It lacked multiple stories. Like, um, there just wasn't, wasn't a lot of substance to the show. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that was raw. NXT, the... Uh, Finish for the Kushida and um, Timothy Thatcher match was uh, a little off. The camera cut away when the finish was starting. Then the finish 
happened and it looked slow and it was a sloppy submission. It just didn't look realistic. Like, they looked like they were in slow motion instead of it looking natural and um, flowing well together. Uh, maybe that's just me. Maybe it just came across that way. Um, but yeah, I thought it looked a little weird. I, and I was, I was disappointed with, uh, Kevin Owens on commentary for this show. I expected better from him. He's a great talker. Um, but commentary is hard. It is it's really difficult. Um, so maybe that was what it was. Um, I, I think he tried to be, uh, funny and entertaining at some points and, uh, you know, I, I that, that was a struggle, because when you try to be entertaining, it's like the kid who tries too hard in gym class, you know what I mean? You, you just, like, the kid's, like, trying way too hard, like, hey, man, we get it, like, you're, you're, you're doing your best here, but, like, take it easy here, like, this is just gym class, we're all just trying to get by, and he, he seemed like he was trying to be entertaining too much instead of it being more natural. Um, something that looked unnatural was, uh, Candice LeRae, she was on the show a lot, it's not Candice herself, but she was in ring gear, so I timed this, she was in ring gear, um, after they had, uh, attacked Io Shirai and did that whole thing, and then, eight minutes later, literally, I, I, I checked the time, later, literally eight minutes later, she was in casual clothes, there is no possible way that she showered and got ready that quick it had to have been a pre-tape or you know something whatever it was because i mean you could do they could do pre-tapes at like five o'clock now uh at night and so this was backstage or yeah it was it was outside um and uh, uh I, I don't know i don't know what happened there but she was in ring gear and then eight minutes later in casual clothes no nah, no nah, i'm not believing any of that that's too, that's too unrealistic for me in wrestling. SmackDown-wise, they have not fixed Otis's graphic yet. It still says that Tucker beat him for Money in the Bank, which he did not. Uh, <laughs> um, then the Prophets had a very weird promo this week, especially Angelo Dawkins. He said that Robert Roode only had a mustache, and like he totally has a full beard. So... I'm not sure what was up with that. Uh, I don't know what else more to say about that. It was just bizarre. So I'm going to move on to the less bizarre moments in this week of wrestling. And we'll do that in the What Drew Money segment. SmackDown. SmackDown had uh, a good amount of things going for it. Um, Sammy Zayn, the whole show, was great. He had a solid in-ring promo about Thanksgiving and that he doesn't really like Thanksgiving and why are we celebrating 
why are people celebrating the destruction of Native American culture and people? A very good heel thing to do. You know, he's telling the truth. Um, and then he had a match with Daniel Bryan. He won the match. It was a good match, good solid match, couple segments. And he won by a count out. He ran backstage. Daniel Bryan followed him. And then he ran back down to the ring and slid in to win the match. And uh, then it was revealed that um, uh, uh, Bryan was attacked. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But Sammy was really great. Really smarmy way to win the match. Perfect way for him to win the match. Because that's his character. And then he went backstage and had a, a good promo with Big E. And uh, if this was a more entertaining, lighthearted, Big E uh, shook his hand and did the five count thing from uh, that he did from NXT um, when he was counting the ten as he was, you know, supposedly like breaking um, Sammy's hands. Really, really good stuff here. Um Something small, but very good, I thought, was Billy Kay giving her headshot and resume to Corey Graves and Michael Cole at the announce desk. I thought this was funny, uh, nice, lighthearted, and enjoyable. She's been doing this to a bunch of different people uh, around the locker room. And this was a good moment because, you know, they always go to the announce team a couple times a, a, a show just to do recaps and, uh, you know, fill people in. And <laughs> she interrupted and gave out her, uh, her her headshot and resume, and I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I just talked about uh, Daniel Bryan. He got attacked, and he got attacked by Jay Uso. I've uh, been enjoying this Roman Reigns and Jay Uso storyline. Um, Jay Uso beat up a couple of good guys this week. He beat up Otis and Bryan after he got lashed out by Roman at the beginning of the show. And uh, this is really great. I think Jay should continue to do this. Um, uh, he just, uh, you know, continue to uh, be in this um, uh, position of, of strife where he's, uh, you know, underneath Roman and he's got to uh, go along with everything that Roman is saying and says, but he, you know, feels conflicted. At least he looks conflicted. He's playing a really good part. He's doing a very good job, and I liked what he did this week. I also liked his opponent this week, uh, Kevin Owens, and what uh, Kevin did. Um, at, at the end of the show, Kevin Owens called out Roman Reigns. He was talking right to the camera for Roman to hear as Roman watched on the monitor I am so for this feud. I like to see Kevin Owens back in the main event. He, yeah, he's great on the mic, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. He can really sell this uh, storyline. Roman's great. I think it'll be a very good story to at least get them, get WWE to Royal Rumble, so then after Royal Rumble, um, you know, this is a filler, filler storyline to get to Royal Rumble, but then after Royal Rumble, start the push to WrestleMania for uh, whatever Roman is going to be doing, because he's definitely going to be in the main event, most likely. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that, um, unless something like drastically changes. Um, but Kevin definitely deserves this spot. He's kind of just been, you know, meddling around in the 
middle to upper card and uh, just kind of being there and being entertaining. But uh, his stuff when he was Universal Champion with Jericho was his best work that he's done so far in WWE, I think. So put him back in this main event position in this uh, spot that he's going to thrive. And I don't think he's going to disappoint. Something else that I didn't think uh, disappointed was the Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss story this week. Um, last year, not last year, last week, uh, if I remember correctly, um, Bray wasn't on the show. Alexa was just barely on the show for a short segment. They didn't show up at Survivor Series, which I was hoping they did. Um, but they had a few different um, stories or uh, segments this week. Um, they had a Firefly Funhouse where a new character, Friendship Frog, <laughs> was uh, killed. And they had a good line, Bray had a good line saying that Friendship Frog croaked. And it was a funny pun. Um, I liked Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross's match. Um, she uh, would get hit and uh, then she would be laughing at the pain in her match, and uh, then she tricked Nikki to win the match, and that was clever, and then at the end of the show, The Fiend distracted Randy Orton, causing Randy to lose the match, and this was good. Uh, I'm glad they're going to Randy Orton versus The Fiend, and The Fiend is, you know, basically taking revenge on these people that uh, have wronged Bray Wyatt in the past, and have beaten Ray Bray Wyatt in the past. Uh, so... Uh, Randy's natural person for the Fiend to go after is Randy beats uh, Bray for the WWE title at uh, WrestleMania a couple years ago, two or three years ago. Um, I don't know if I can't remember if what which WrestleMania was your thirty three or thirty four. Um, it was the one that had the uh, projections onto the ring, and it looked for sure that Bray was going to win, and he lost. <laughs> so. Um, that was a little weird, but now Bray can, uh, get his revenge, and, uh, that's really all I liked for Raw. Everything else, as I said, pretty boring show. As for NXT, I really like Tony Storm turning on Ember Moon. This caught me by surprise. I didn't expect it to happen. Uh, I don't mind, uh, Tony Storm. I, I don't watch NXT UK, so I don't really know too much about Tony Storm, I've enjoyed what I've seen on NXT, and uh, this gets me even more invested in her uh, story, and now she's going to be part of the War Games match, so I think this is a good spot for Tony Storm. Another good spot during the show was William Regal uh, setting up the triple threat match for the North American title at TakeOver, coming up in a, a week or so, and <laughs> uh, Kevin Owens talked about, like, Teddy Long, like, oh, if Teddy Long was here, he would make the match, and then Regal came out as the general manager and made the match and then said play it at the end, and it was a nice little hint of humor. So that was something small that I liked on NXT. Uh, another thing that I liked on NXT was uh, whatever the heck is going on with Boa and Xia Lee and the Master and... Uh, higher level master, the higher power. I don't know what to call the person. It looked like a woman, looked like nails, um, like uh, manicured nails and long hair, but I don't know what's going on. 
but it is super intriguing. Like, who is this woman in the hood calling the shots for everything? I thought this master guy was the one calling the shots. It looks like there's this hooded figure calling the shots. Like, and this was very cinematic. It was a good, like, five-minute, maybe, at max, five-minute cinematic segment. Lots of questions. What the heck is going on here? But uh, I am into it. Something else I'm into is another ghost-faced uh, Scream Mask uh, character showing up in the Candice LeRae Johnny Gargano storyline. So this was uh, this happened in the aforementioned uh, <laughs> casual clothing moment with Candice LeRae uh, when she was outside. They were uh, getting into a car. And uh, Johnny got in the driver's seat, Candace got into the um, passenger seat. Indy Hartwell, who was the original Scream Mask uh, character, she got into uh, the passenger side back seat, and then there was another Ghostface character. So they got another person uh, with, with them, which is interesting. I hope it's a male. I hope it's, you know, two men, two women, and they're building this faction and... Uh, I don't know what's going on with this either, but I like it. It's enjoyable. And then there was the main event, which was a good main event. Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly uh, to see uh, which War Games team would get the uh, advantage in War Games. I mean, <coughs> did you expect anything different than the bad guys winning? The bad guys just, like, coincidentally happen to always get the advantage in uh, war games. Like, you know, isn't that uh, just funny? You ever notice that? It's just funny. It's interesting. Um, this uh, masked figure, hooded figure, not the not the Xia Li Boa master hidden figure, uh, uh, hooded figure. Uh, this is a different hooded figure. No long hair, no uh, well-done manicured nails. Uh, somebody else came back out, you know, I think that it was supposed to make it look like it was Pat McAfee, because he was saying he wasn't going to be on the show, and they played a clip from his, uh, uh, radio show, his YouTube show, um, and he said he wasn't going to be there, um, <laughs> so they had this moment, uh, Kyle O'Reilly looked like he was going to win the match, uh, this ladder match, grab the briefcase to get the man advantage in war games for uh the undisputed era but uh this this masked figure uh push kyle o'reilly kyle o'reilly uh off the ladder and out of the ring and it looked like a really brutal uh fall like uh, he like tumbled over the ropes and onto her apron and then down on the floor and oh it looked like it really really hurt and then pete dunn won the match so this was uh Another situation where uh, something very intriguing happened. You know, I wonder who was this masked character. Hopefully we find out uh, next week. It probably was Pat McAfee, but, you know, you never know. Or it's supposed to look like Pat McAfee. It was just, you know, some bozo in the back <laughs> that they dressed up to make it look like Pat McAfee so they could say it was Pat McAfee. Um, AEW Dynamite. I, there's two good stories that I liked on AEW Dynamite. The world title story, Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Um, Kenny's promo was good uh, with uh, Alex Marvez, his interview, and uh, Kenny saying that his dad could beat up Moxley uh, was entertaining. And then Moxley attacking Omega during the entrance was cool. 
because Kenny has this very elaborate entrance now, and then Moxley beat him up in the ring, and Moxley did a little promo of his own, and then signed the contract for next week's title match. They have been building this story uh, very, very good, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens in the match next week. I think it'll be a very good match, and uh, I'm guessing they're going to get a lot of time. Something that got a lot of time this week was Taz on Dynamite. Um, and he, he, he had a promo talking about the FTW title and that he wants the office to make the the FTW title mean something and he's calling out management and wants somebody from management to come out and do something with the title and he's not leaving and he's not going to get out of the ring until somebody comes out. They had to cut Taz's mic off a couple of times. And then Cody Rhodes eventually came out. Uh, they went back and forth, and then Cody insulted Taz, saying that uh, you know, asking Taz why is Taz's kid training with him and not Taz. And uh, then Taz put the Taz mission on Cody uh, at the end of the segment, which I loved. I've been waiting to see a Taz mission. You know, he's got this team Taz, and finally he put the Taz mission on somebody on AEW. Uh, who better to do that than to Cody Rhodes? And uh, this was super, super enjoyable. Uh, this was just the start of the story. I'm excited to see where this story goes. And I'm excited to see where this podcast goes in the next segment with the Redrew. So I was just talking about AEW Dynamite and how it had two good stories told. And so this week, uh, for my ratings for the Redrew, as you know, I don't do numbers or stars or letters or any sort of finger rating for it with thumbs. I give my own specific rating. Uh, because AEW Dynamite had two good stories told and the rest was eh, it was okay, I am giving AEW Dynamite the rating of a two-step because there were two good stories. Um, as for its competitor on uh, Wednesday nights, uh, I think this was the best show of the week. Um, uh, yeah, I think overall it was the best show of the week. You know, looking at my notes, uh, I think it was the best show of the week. There are a lot of question marks um at the end of the show what's going on with uh uh the pat mcafee situation with the masked man what's going on with the masked woman in the Zaylee and boa storyline what's going on with the masked figure with uh johnny gargano and uh candace the Red? you know maybe i should have just uh instead of the riddler i should have made this the mask i'm gonna make it uh can I just say, like, Jim Carrey? Can I change my rating? You know, it's my podcast. I'm changing this rating on the fly. I'm giving this the rating of Jim Carrey because he played the Riddler and he played the Mask. So all my questions with NXT were about these masked figures and uh, the Riddler, the reason why I, I uh, made it the Riddler originally was because all the question marks coming out of the show and the riddler wears question marks all over his uh clothing 
So there's that. Uh, I'm giving the rating of uh, Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey was the Riddler and the masks. And uh, the masked characters left me with a lot of question marks uh, all over the show, just like the question marks are all over the Riddler's clothing. As for Monday Night Raw, not really great show whatsoever. I'm giving Raw the rating of a recap because I could have just read one and I wouldn't have missed anything. Um, you know, really nothing super spectacular. The Bray and Alexa stuff has been good consistently, but everything else, there was a lot missing. There just was not anything super enticing. And as for SmackDown, the show started out pretty slow. It didn't get going immediately. It took a little time to get cooking. And for that reason, I'm giving SmackDown the rating of uh, my stovetop, because that's what my stovetop does. Something with the pilot on the stovetop, when I try to turn it on, it clicks a bunch of times. Sometimes I got to uh, use a lighter to, uh, turn it on, um, so, it, you know, it takes a while to get going, but eventually it gets cooking and I can use it, so that's, uh, that's Smackdown, that's exactly what I thought it was, not, not stovetop stuffing, which, you know, maybe I should have done all, uh, Thanksgiving, <laughs> I guess I could have done all Thanksgiving, um, type of, uh, type of ratings, you know, let me do that, let me, let me go, just think off the top of the head here. What raw? What would I think raw was? Um, cranberry sauce. I don't like cranberry sauce. I don't miss it. I could just look at it at the table and say, yeah, 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 great, thanks. You can have it. Um, uh, let's see, AEW Dynamite. Couple of good stories. You know, so a couple of times is good. The rest, eh. Um, you know, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give. Uh, the dynamite the rating of turkey not a huge fan of turkey uh i can really take it or leave it i don't prefer it as a meat um unless it's turkey bacon turkey bacon's incredible um uh, but just you know regular turkey maybe on a deli sandwich maybe a turkey sub every once in a while if, it, if i'm in the mood for it but uh you know after thanksgiving i'm pretty good with turkey I have, uh, I get my fill, and then it's like, eh, I don't really, don't really need it anymore, uh, so, you know, it's good sometimes, and then most of the time, nah, um, SmackDown, uh, oh no, NXT, NXT, sorry, I skipped there, uh, NXT, um, some intriguing about, uh, NXT, let's see, it was an intriguing show, maybe, uh, how about stuffing? Because stuffing, uh, stuffing's my favorite side of uh, Thanksgiving. That's for sure. I think stuffing is the best side, and uh, but it can be done in various ways, done in a lot of uh, intriguing ways. Uh, you see, you can be questioned like, oh, what's you know, what kind of stuffing is this? Um, so there's a lot of variety to it, and it was a pretty good variety show. Um, so I'll, I'll give that uh, stuffing. And then SmackDown, uh, well, I already used stuffing, so I can't use stovetop. Stovetop stuffing is solid. Uh, if you, if you, uh, hate against it, well, yeah, I don't care. Stovetop, yeah, it's great. Um, SmackDown, something, uh, let me try to think of a, a, a Thanksgiving food that kind of has grown on me, because that's what SmackDown did this week. It started out, and I was like, uh-oh, this is not going to be a great show. 
And then it uh, finally got going. It got moving. Uh, pumpkin pie. I'm giving. I'm giving. Uh, smacked on the ring of pumpkin pie because within the last few years. I've liked pumpkin pie, but before that, not really a big pumpkin pie person. I'm not really a big pumpkin person in general. It's not that I don't like it. You know, that's not the problem. It's just a different flavor for me. But uh, I've enjoyed it uh, more now. Like, I'll eat pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. I had pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. Thought it was good. You know, turns out well. And that's what SmackDown did, too. It turned out well, and... I think this podcast turned turned out pretty well uh, uh, as well. That's a weird thing to say. I think this turned out well as well. Uh, I think the podcast turned out well also. I think I should have said that originally. But uh, it's late. Uh, I'm starting to ramble on here like I'm Led Zeppelin. Uh, if you caught that reference, good for you. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up the show here. Uh, I think this is going to end up being a shorter show. Um... But I feel good about it, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, not as much to babble on about, uh, uh, about this week, and I am, uh, not talking about, uh, history class, so, yeah, see, now I'm going off into all these word, uh, uh, puns and, uh, play on words, so I gotta, I gotta wrap it up before it gets even worse, uh, thank you for listening, uh, if you want to reach out and interact with the show, you can do that through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The handle is at DWOPod. If you'd like to interact through email, because you're more of like an old school type of person, uh, just send an email to DWOPod at gmail.com. Um, if you'd please spread the word about the show, tell uh, just a friend, uh, whoever you think might like it, another wrestling fan, to search Drew World Order Podcasts. We're on all podcasting platforms, basically. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you should be able to find it. If you want to further support the show, please click on the uh, Anchor page. Uh, that would be much appreciated. And whatever gets put in there will go right back into the podcast. I hope everybody, uh, at least the uh, uh, United States audience, had a, a great Thanksgiving we are moving into the holiday season. Uh, you know, hopefully this year starts to turn around and um, people feel the holiday cheer um, with this with this uh, upcoming uh, holiday season. I hope everybody had a good week and uh, you enjoy your uh, next week. I hope we have a little bit better of a week in wrestling for me to talk about uh, next week. Sometimes that really dictates uh, what I talk about because this week, you know, obviously a shorter show, not as good a wrestling week. Next week, we'll see because we've had a, a, a few great weeks where I've talked a lot um, and these weeks where it doesn't really seem like all that much happens, um, you get this shorter show. Uh, so thanks for listening i appreciate you just doing that if you don't do anything else uh i hope you uh stay healthy and safe and happy and i hope your listening experience was drew sweet